I know self-publishing is not for everyone. Nothing is. But if you've considered self-publishing for even a minute, listen up, because I'm betting I know what's holding you back from exploring it further or getting started. Number one, you think the self-publishing process is a lot harder than it actually is. And number two, you're understandably afraid of doing it, air quote, wrong. So I've created a new free resource for you. It's called the Self-Publishing Starter Kit, and you can get instant access to it by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting publishaprofitablebook.com forward slash self-publishing 101. In this free training, you'll discover the exact four steps to focus on and mistakes to avoid so you can publish an incredible book that's indistinguishable in quality from a New York Times bestseller without overthinking, overguessing, or overspending in areas that won't make a difference. Again, visit publishaprofitablebook.com forward slash self-publishing 101 to get instant access. ...is brought to you by my book outlines made simple workshop because I'm not yet at a point where I have official sponsors. So I figured, hey, while we wait, why not just use my own stuff as the official sponsor? Listen, guys, we all get there when we get there. Book Outlines Made Simple is a powerful workshop to help you get your nonfiction or memoir masterfully outlined so you can write a powerful book with confidence and clarity. And great news, it's now pay what you can. I want this workshop to be able to support everyone, regardless of how comfortable you feel investing the suggested price of $45 or starting with just $5. Through this workshop, you will get clarity on what to talk about and how so you can tell your story or share your message in a meaningful way without feeling confused or making the common mistakes others make. You'll stop questioning which pieces of your story, perspective, or experience to include and which to save for emails, social media posts, blogs, or the stranger behind you at the coffee shop register. You'll remind yourself of just how many stories and experiences you actually have to share, and you'll embrace your unique way of sharing your story or message, even if you don't consider yourself a writer. Most of my authors don't consider themselves writers. You can get more information or join through the link in the episode bio or by going to publishaprofitablebook.com forward slash book outline. Welcome to the Write the Damn Book Already podcast. My name is Elizabeth Lyons. I'm a six-time author, and I help people write and publish powerful, thought-provoking nonfiction and memoir without any more overthinking, second-guessing, or overwhelm than absolutely necessary. Because let's face it, Some overthinking, second-guessing, and overwhelm is going to come with the territory if you're anything like me. I believe that story and shared perspective is one of the most potent ways we connect with one another, and that your story, perspective, and insights are destined to become someone else's favorite resource. For more book writing, publishing, and how the heck do I move through this glitch tips and solutions... Oh, and plenty of free and low-cost resources, visit publishaprofitablebook.com. And for recommendations of fabulous books you've possibly never heard of, book writing inspiration, and the occasional meme so relatable you'll wonder if it was created with you in mind, follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Lyons Author. 
Welcome to this next episode of Write the Damn Book Already. Today's solo episode is inspired by a quote from the amazing Rick Rubin. And this is something that, if I'm not mistaken, he said on Krista Tippett's podcast. Her podcast is called On Being. I hope I'm not mistaken about that. But the quote is, sometimes the writing comes easy because we have been thinking about it for so long. It has taken years to come to fruition, but it is already there. We're writing to explore both what we know and what we don't know. I find this incredibly true of nonfiction and memoir and even fiction. And what's tricky is that not recognizing that this is the thing that gets us stuck sometimes keeps us stuck. So in the area of nonfiction or, and or memoir, there are chapters, there is content that comes so easily to us. If you're writing a book or you've written a book, undoubtedly, once you get your outline together, if you have an outline at any level, right, and you know generally some of the things that you want to talk about, there are some topics that you'll gravitate toward. You're basically magnetized to them. And when it comes time to sit down and write, they're the lowest hanging fruit. They're the first things, the first topics, the first chapters that you find yourself clamoring to write about because you don't have to really think about it. You know exactly what you want to say. You know exactly what stories you want to tell. You know exactly what your perspective or opinion is. And many times, if not most times, the reason for that is simple. You have been thinking about it or analyzing it or ruminating on it for weeks or months or possibly even years. And over that time, you've gotten incredibly clear about what it is you want to say and what you think and how you want to either guide readers or guide readers through your journey and experience or whatever approach you're taking. So sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that that's the area where we have a ton of expertise. And it's not really a mistake. It is an area where we have a ton of expertise about our opinion on that particular area. And where this comes into play in fiction, and I know this now working on a novel, finally, after 18 years of writing nonfiction, and I've, I've dabbled in my novel for years. I've, I've probably started six over however many years, and now I'm finally committed to finishing one. But there are scenes that write themselves because I have envisioned them in my mind over and over and over again. So it's easy to write those scenes or it's easier to write those scenes than others that I'm just trying to figure out. Many times we'll have areas within our books, again, regardless of genre, where we feel stuck and we feel like, I don't know if I have anything to say about that. When you don't know if you have something to say about it, when we're talking specifically about nonfiction, but it can be true about memoir as well, one of two things is often true. Number one... What you're really questioning is whether or not you should say it. And by whether you should say it, that can take two paths as well. One is whether or not it's a good idea to share that information. But the other is maybe you're thinking, well, I should talk about this because everyone else who talks about this topic talks about this. I just don't have a lot of experience with it. But if I don't talk about it, 
then I'm going to make it very clear that I really shouldn't be in this space. If I'm talking about healing and I'm not talking about inner child work, then perhaps I shouldn't be writing a book about healing. Please catch yourself when you find yourself doing that. Because using this as the example, not every book on healing needs to, or, and I'm going to use the word, should include a chapter or a section or an entire part on inner child healing, especially if that's not your area of expertise. Please keep in mind that there are more than a few people out there who have had just about enough of hearing about inner child healing. And they're looking, if they want a book that discusses that, there are a million of them out there. What they're looking for is a book that doesn't talk about that, that gives them another way. Because perhaps they're not interested in that topic, they feel it's too trendy, or they've tried it, it's not working for them, they're looking for something different. The other reason we can get stuck on some of these topics is because imposter syndrome shows up when we have a moment of, I don't know exactly what I think about this or how to say what I want to say. That's one reason why you might feel as though you don't know what to say on a particular topic, because you're shooting yourself into including that topic in your book. And if you've said to yourself, I should include this topic, so I'm going to put it in the outline, but then in truth, you don't really have an opinion on it at all, or you don't, you haven't ever even delved into it, then consider that. And consider whether or not it, hair quote, should be in your book or whether you want it to be in your book. If the idea came up for you to talk about a particular topic, especially, again, if we're in nonfiction, it usually is because either you think you should or you actually do have something to say about it. You just haven't fully sorted it out yet. I cannot tell you, I have an amazing client, Joanna Hardis, whose book, Just Do Nothing, will be coming out at the end of August. And I think she's okay with me sharing this. I, the woman is an absolute, she's a licensed therapist. She's an absolute vault of knowledge when it comes to managing emotional, and these are my words, but emotional regulation around areas of discomfort. When we started working together, she put together her list of topics that she wanted to address. Six times out of 10, she'd get in there and she'd write a few sentences and then she'd say, I don't have anything else to say. I knew she did. I followed her Instagram. I've talked to her about these topics. I know she's an expert on them. I know she's experienced them personally. I knew she had plenty to say. What the issue was there and what the issue is many times when we find ourselves stuck this happens in all genres, nonfiction, memoir, fiction, is we just haven't thought it through enough in the sense of what do I want to say when I put it on paper? Oftentimes, we also fall into this perfectionist trap where we say things like, look, if you just asked me about this as we were driving around in the car, I could talk about it for three hours. But When I'm doing that, I'm not really worried about whether I'm making sense and whether the words are coming together and I'm grammatically correct and is it flowing properly. I'm just giving you my thoughts on it, which by the way, are verbose. Like they go on and on and on and on and on. But when you tell me that I need to sit down and write a chapter on it, I freeze. And many times that is because we're writing from a place of perfectionism. We're not remembering, and I'm saying we because I'm very much included in this. We are not remembering 
that just like a sculptor puts a big mound of clay on his desk or wherever he puts it and has to start slowly carving it out. And the only way to get to the fine carving where he's like, or she, I want an eyelash here. And it's just now occurring to me, like, can you have eyelashes in sculpture? I don't know. But when you're getting to the fine details, you can't get to the fine details until you carve away the more macro details. You have to go macro before you go micro. So in book writing, macro is sitting down and just letting all of that crap that you would say in the car to some friend or someone who wasn't interviewing you or some not, you know, you're not on a panel in front of a hundred people or a thousand people, let all that just come out on the page and then go back in and hone and go back in and assess, wait, do I need to dig deeper on this? That happens all the time. And so many times people take that to mean, oh God, I don't know enough about this to write about it, which could not be further from the truth. It is an op, you might not in that moment. And if we're talking about something as big as, I'll go back to the example of inner child healing. No, I don't recommend that you read one book on inner child healing and watch a TEDx talk and then write an entire chapter as though you're the foremost expert or a foremost expert or a heavily experienced person with inner child healing. That is not what I am suggesting. But if it's something that you have been working on for a long time and researching and working with other people on and talking about and writing about and et cetera, then sometimes it, it comes down to the fact that you just haven't yet figured out how you want to express it in this medium, in a book, in text that's longer than a social media post or a blog post. And so we have to dive deeper into that. What am I really trying to say? Why is this really important to the reader? What has the reader, and right now I'm talking about nonfiction, what has the reader already tried that hasn't worked? Why do I understand why that hasn't worked? Without shaming them for that or telling them what they're doing wrong, what other opportunities or exercises or perspectives can I invite them into? Into considering, into attempting, into incorporating into their lives. When we start to think that way from a place of serving, we remove the wall that goes up when we're coming from a place of proving, proving that we know what we're talking about, proving that we deserve to be in this space in order to write this book. If you're writing fiction, here's how this comes up for me. I, again, I have chapters or scenes that are written easily because I have imagined, I have a vivid imagination, people. I have imagined the scene so many times in my head that it's like I can see it playing out on the screen. So I can pretty easily write a rough draft of it. Then I might realize, oh my gosh, you know what's going to happen? This person's going to do this to this person. And it just came to me in that moment. But I don't know exactly how that's going to play out on the page. I don't know what people are going to say. I don't know what people are going to be thinking or feeling. And I have to write it in order to go into it. And luckily with fiction, you get to play with all of that. So you get to go back later and decide, you know what? I don't want her to feel mad here. I want her to feel frustrated or I want her to feel elated or whatever. You get to do that with fiction. Not so much with memoir, obviously. Even when I was writing Write the Damn Book Already, and I have been writing books for 19 plus years, and I have been 
informally helping other people or talking to other people about writing books for, I don't know, 15 years. And I've been formally coaching authors for and aspiring authors for four to five years. And even in writing that book, there were sections that were challenging for me because I had talked about them in a little quote post, or I had talked about them in a quick blog, or I had talked about them in a social media post or a quick reel. But what I was trying to do through the book was really be in a service capacity to not just talk about it and get a chuckle or a like or a, ooh, that's me, but to say, okay, now what do you do? So you're feeling this feeling, what do you do? And I knew also that I wanted to make it as applicable. Yes, I write for one person. But once I did that, it occurred to me that in some cases, not all, but in some cases, I wanted to expand my what do you do beyond just one or two tips for someone, say, writing nonfiction. So I wanted to speak to people who were writing memoir and had never before written a book. I wanted to have a variety of experiences to speak to, and that took some thought. Because if you're just writing a quick post, it's so easy to just pull one example out of thin air and write a post about it. But when you're writing a book, something that you know want, you want to serve and travel for years and years and years to come, it's important to become more intentional about it. And becoming more intentional, unfortunately, seems to raise all kinds of red flags in the area of imposter syndrome. So what I've chosen to do and what I invite and encourage you to do is when you feel yourself feeling stuck, if in those moments you find yourself thinking, maybe I'm not supposed to do this, maybe I don't know enough yet, maybe it's just not time yet, Maybe when I accomplish XYZ PDQ, I'll feel more capable. Instead, ask yourself, am I willing to be curious about what I really think about this? Am I willing to take some time? And if you need to take a few days or a week or even a few weeks on a particular concept to really dive in through thoughts, through journaling, through meditation, through conversations with people, Really dive in to what you think about it and why it's important to you and how you want to serve the reader by talking about it. What you're going to find is that you're going to expand. You are going to expand in your understanding of your perspective and your insights on that topic. You are going to expand in your ability to help someone else through that. You are going to expand in terms of your confidence to speak to that particular topic. It is likely going to create, side benefit, a lot of new smaller content pieces that you can use on social media, in your emails. Allowing yourself to write your way through the exploration and the excavation of what feels a little bit foggy is an incredible gift that you first give to yourself and you then subsequently give to your reader. I hope that's been helpful. And for anyone who is feeling slightly hijacked by the thought of, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start, I invite you to check out the Book Outlines Made Simple workshop. It's pay what you can 
The link is in the bio of my Instagram. It's in the show notes for this show and it's accessible via publishaprofitablebook.com forward slash book outline. All one word, book outline. All right, I look forward to chatting with you next time. I hope you all have a beautiful week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, this is your friendly reminder to follow or subscribe, leave a quick review, and share it with someone you know has a great story or message but isn't sure what to do next. Also, remember to check out publishaprofitablebook.com for book writing resources and tips and to see all the ways we can work together to get your book out into the world. Again, thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk with you again soon.